Welcome to this edition of the ASHA podcast. I'm Fred Wine, Director of Communications with the American Sexual Health Association, ASHA. We're going to talk about female sexual difficulties, or FSD, and these occur when women have ongoing problems with things like sexual response, desire, orgasm, or painful sex, and especially when it's causing a strain in a relationship. FSD happens frequently, probably more than you think, and it could be a real problem on a lot of levels for women and, and their partners. So this topic deserves more attention, and with that in mind, this is the first of three episodes we'll be devoting to FSD, and we're excited to launch this series, and we're especially excited because for each episode, we'll be talking with sociologist, sexologist, and relationship expert, Dr. Pepper Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us. Oh, I am so excited to be able to do so. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, absolutely. Many of you know Dr. Schwartz from the television show Married at First Sight, and at ASHA, we know her because she's been advising us and working with us for years. It's, it's wonderful that she's agreed to spend some time helping us sort out all the things we need to know about FSD, so let's get right to it. So tell me, how does FSD affect relationships, both partners in and out of the bedroom? Well, female sexual difficulty you know, happens to women, but it really also happens to couples. It's, it's going to affect the way you are together. So it's not just an individual experience. It's always a couple experience as well. Not only that, I mean, it may be less obvious, female sexual dysfunction can affect other parts of your work and your other life because, you know, you're not feeling great about yourself and you're not getting the, the gift of sexual release. So you could become short-tempered. You could be wondering if your relationship is any good anymore. Uh, you can maybe think that you're damaged in some way. So it, it, it rarely just stays this little, you know, boxed-up part of your life. It affects everything. From a partner's perspective, sometimes maybe they think the problem is with them. I mean, does that happen, and how do you address that angle? Well, I think that's a really important thing to bring up because if your partner doesn't know what's going on, if they love you at all, <laughs> they're going to wondering, well, what's wrong with us? And, and maybe something's wrong with our relationship. So I think they really need to talk and they need to say how they're feeling and a woman has to say how she feels about it that this or her whatever sex their partner is they have to talk and say this is something going on but it's it's not really about you and so you really have to look at the relationship and and see what's happening between those two people because in a sense that is the relationship that is the foundation you want to build on if your situation isn't good, if this really is about your partner or there is something else going on, um, of course it's going to complicate everything else in your sexual world together. Um, if the relationship is good, though, if this isn't a relationship problem, but the sexual technique or whatever is happening is awkward, irritating, or boring, well, that's also important to handle because sooner or later it really will affect the relationship. So these two certainly interact. But... Over and above all that, there's really a checklist of things that can cause female sexual dysfunction that we really should go through because one of those things is the one that people often think of the least, 
and that is it could be a medical issue, and then they may not know about it if they don't talk about it. So what I'm saying is could be a relationship issue. You might want to check there first. If it's not a relationship issue, maybe it's a sexual technique or sexual issue, but maybe it's none of the above, and you really need to think about what it might be. And one of the last things people think about is a medical issue, but that could be it. Well, what are some of the most common sexual issues you hear about from women? Well, for one thing, we can look to the data uh, in a larger survey. And in a couple of surveys, actually, nearly 40% of women said they had experienced a female sexual difficulty at some point in their lives. Female sexual difficulties, however, really, that's a term that covers a lot of different kinds of issues. There's actually four different kinds of conditions that are common, um, including persistent problems with sexual desire, arousal, orgasm, or pain that causes distress or strains a woman's relationship with her partner. The most common one of those is low sexual desire. And uh, among medical and therapeutic professionals, it's often talked about as hypoactive sexual desire disorder, which is a mouthful, hypoactive sexual desire disorder. So sometimes we just say HSDD, just to, you know, make a shorthand of it basically about low libido, but not just low libido. It's low libido that causes distress and that may impact, actually, there's some evidence that 4 million women in the United States actually may have this problem. So tell us a little more about HSDD. Uh, it sounds like it, it, it's very prevalent. Well, it's certainly not a minor issue. Basically, I think the bottom line is if you're experiencing low desire persistently, not, you know, every now and then, but persistently, and you're bothered by your lack of interest in sex, it could be HSDD. Um, Professionally, HSDD is a classified medical condition, and that's characterized by a deficiency or absence of sexual fantasies. There's nothing going on in your head. And desire for sexual activity that causes marked distress or interpersonal difficulty. That's the definition. Absence of sexual fantasies, no desire for sexual activity, and this is causing marked distress or interpersonal difficulty. It's not caused by a coexisting medical or psychiatric disorder or a medication or other substance or relationship problems. When those are ruled out, it may well be HSDD. So talk a bit about the communication piece of this. Like, why, why should women be open and honest? with their partner about sexual concerns. I mean, does does remaining silent do more harm to a relationship than good? Yes. I mean, absolutely. Remaining silent, I think, does do a lot of harm here because, first of all, if you don't talk to your partner about this, you're not giving that person the love and respect and the trust that person deserves. Mm -hmm. They're being shut out of your your inner life and what's going on and why you're unhappy, and and they're going to be making up, you know, explanations by themselves without any of the data they need to know what's going on with without knowing without knowing what's happening a partner could be much more unhappy than how they would be if they know that you're struggling with something so you're really denying them information that will will make them understand and be able to communicate with you most relationships that are all good have a caring partner who wants to be supportive and wants to help find a solution. But they can't do that if they're cut out of of your life, out of something that really is important. 
going on and hidden from them. Timing is everything, as they say, but sometimes it's hard to know when to pick your spot. So what is a good time in all this for women to actually know that I need to, to speak up and talk to my partner about sexual concerns? Well, it's not during sex. Don't do it during sex. Don't do it when the Got person it. could be insulted and humiliated and like, well, is this what, what am I doing here? You know, I mean, they're going to be upset. So you don't, you don't want to do it when emotions are high, either fueled by sexual energy or anger that they're just fighting out of this in the middle of, of a sexual experience. So you really have to pick a good time when you're both in a good mood and you sense acceptance and love in the air. So you can talk about it as a problem. The problem is the problem, not each other, and certainly not accusing your partner of it. But you need to say, I think what women should say to their partners is, look, at this is something that's causing me distress and it's been going on for a while and I haven't been able to really put my head around it, but, but I need you to help me figure out what's going on. So you bring your partner into the conversation, not like you, you know, haven't done it for any reason other than just not knowing what to do about it. And then if you have that conversation at the right time with the right tone, then you figure out, okay, let's, let's get more information and maybe we should see a healthcare professional together, but we're going to together create a path to find the right answer. You mentioned healthcare professionals, so if you're having these conversations with your partner, it's probably time to start asking, should I see a healthcare Professional, so when is the right time for a woman to, to, to seek professional help and to bring this conversation up with a doctor or a nurse or a healthcare provider? Well, you know, in the best of all possible worlds, it would be, you know, as soon as you feel like you, you know that there's a persistent problem and, and you really don't know what to do about it. But, you know, it takes a while for someone to see that it's a persistent problem. And when a woman recognizes that it is persistent and it is affecting her mind and her relationship and her sense of her whole world, I think the first step then is talking to the partner and then saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm stymied here. Let's, let's schedule an appointment with a health professional right away. I mean, I think I need help. And so, you know, as soon as you can, I think you should, but it takes a while and, and I understand that. So... What are some talking tips you can give women to actually get these conversations about sexual trouble started, both with their partner and then it sounds like another conversation with their healthcare provider? How do they get started? What, what do they say? Okay, well, I, I'm glad you asked me that question because it's hard to bring up anything about sex, you know, particularly if it hasn't been going well. But first of all, you should differentiate the conversation with your partner from the one that you're going to have with a health professional. I think the important thing for a health professional is, and I guess at this point I would say with the partner as well, is to do some homework about what's been going on with you. Um, I think a good suggestion is to go to the findmyspark.com um, website. It's a really good website. I'll tell you more about it. And that website, findmyspark.com, gives you a quiz to help you determine if you may have a medical condition. And so it will give you information about the sexual troubles you may be facing. And, and that will be helpful, actually, with both the partner and the health professional. What you want to do when you talk to your partner and your health provider is to tell them how you've narrowed this down and that now you think you may have a medical condition because you've done the work to define it yourself. So in terms of the therapist or doctor, I'd say, you know, look, 
because um, you want them to take it really seriously. Here's the situation. You know, I found all this information. I'm not in menopause. I'm not having any hormonal issues that I know about. And I think I have information that tells me that I might have HSDD. And I'd love for you to help me solve this. I understand the medical issue. There might be some ways you can help me. But if you don't feel comfortable with looking at, you know, female sexual dysfunction, do you know a healthcare professional in our area that, that deals primarily with sexual issues or has an expertise there? And can you give me a referral? And if they if they say, well, gee, not at the moment, I say, well, could you do a little homework? Because I know you're more familiar with the medical community than I am. And, and I can call back and your nurse or you can can tell me who to go to. I wouldn't let them off the hook out of referral. <laughs> they can do that. And you can look too, but I think it's really important to make sure you're with them when you finally when you finally with someone that feels comfortable about working with you on this. Yeah, so I want to uh, ask you where women can go for more information. You just mentioned the Find My Spark website, and uh, in preparation for this, I spent a little time there, and I know I saw I saw a section called Real Stories where women can read stories from other women who are experiencing sexual difficulties, but they can also share their own experiences. So I was just one that made me think, I mean, is there a sense of isolation with this? I mean, is that problematic? Well, I think that's very acute of you because you bet there's a sense of isolation. In fact, most things about sex are stigmatized, so you can imagine this one is too and then some. Because if women do talk about sex, and for men too, they tend to talk about the fun aspects, you know? Um, you know, how great they are, how wonderful it was, or how often they do it. But when you don't feel good about your sex life and you have information that looks unflattering to you and your husband or your partner, it feels embarrassing not being able to do something that you think comes naturally to everybody else. This is the opposite of bragging. So the fact is that there's a lot of people who don't say anything and they think they're alone, but in fact, they're not alone. HSDD impacts approximately 4 million women in the United States. So there really is something going on that um, is really not so uncommon. And, in fact, if women did talk about it, they might find that they really had a lot of sympathy and other people who had that experience. But if they can't talk to their friends, they do feel inhibited, they maybe feel it would be disloyal to talk about this. The good news is these real stories on findmyspark.com will let them know that they're not alone because they can read other people's experiences. Now, what I love about this website is a woman can share. She can put their own stories down, but they can also read other women's stories, and that helps them become part of a movement so that they can get information and reclaim the gift of sexual pleasure, a movement to say, hey, I deserve this. I want to retrieve it, and I'm going to do something about it. Dr. Pepper Schwartz, thank you for all of that, for these insights. I mean, this is a discussion we need to continue, and we will. So looking forward to part two. So we're going to keep this conversation going with Dr. Schwartz in the next installment of this series where we'll focus on partners, uh, how they're impacted by FSD and what they could do to be supportive. So give it a listen. Uh, if you're streaming from the ashasexualhealth.org website, you'll find links to the other episodes of this series right there for you on the landing page where you accessed this episode. And, of course, they're all available on iTunes, and we'll link to that if you'd like to download. And we'll also have a link to the Find My Spark website that we've been talking about. Thank you for listening. So go click play on episode number two. 
For ASHA, I'm Fred Wyan. So long for now, everybody.